Pushkin. I've interviewed many successful people over the years, and one thing I find fascinating is that many of them don't consider themselves business savvy. Take the owners of Tightknit Brewing. They turn to Chase for business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards and do all of it in one place with the Chase mobile app. And that's helped these brew-loving friends turn a passion into a business. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi, I'm Phil Donahue. And I'm Arlo Thomas. And we're going on a series of double dates to find out... What makes a marriage last? The great thing about being with John McEnroe and Patty Smythe, there's no warm-up time needed. You're in the middle of a conversation the minute you start. They're both champs. He's a tennis legend, she's a rock and roll chick, and their personalities are as big as their careers. We cabbed it across town to their big family-friendly apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And while we were setting up the mics, they were already going at it. You gotta stop wiggling because it's driving me crazy, the sound you're making on the chair. He can't well, I'm sit I'm barely still. moving. No, that, this is him barely moving. Yeah, this is me barely moving, exactly. I'm used to standing up and running. It was fun to see them banter, and Patty sure is a match for him. And that was on the Phil show. He well, might have been asked, but he no. was a little cocky back in the day. Because is it possible well, you might have said no? That would have... Say no to Phil, get out of here. Okay. Lucky for us, this time they said yes. So we settled into their comfy living room, just the four of us, and their mischievous cat, Bobby. I kicked off our conversation by asking them how they kept up such a busy pace. I would say it was true for John. He likes to stay busy, but for a good 15 to 20 years, I was working, you know, taking care of our six kids. That was my main job. And, and John, taking care of John, too, because I traveled with him because he didn't like to be alone for long stretches of time. So sometimes I brought the kids, sometimes I didn't. And I put out a Greatest Hits record. I wrote songs. I mean, I did some. And then I actually, I guess for the last eight, that's true. I guess for the eight or nine years, I've been touring more like in the summers. But I was mainly, you know, the, the stability at home for the kids. Yeah. She was never with me during my main career. She's been with me after 
I stopped Thank playing. Thank God, I would have had a heart attack. There's a transitional period where you're sort of not sure about what's going to happen and what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Um, and so it was uh, very fortunate that I was able to find Patty and she sort of let me do my thing in essence, which was basically, as it turned out, to sort of veer back towards tennis. You know, I, at first I was was having trouble coming to grips with what I was going to do in tennis because at the end of your career, or at least me, I was certain you don't want to have any part of it. And so he was like 35 and I was 37 and he was playing these, you know, exhibitions and stuff. I'm getting a lot of money for them. But I wasn't really preparing that well for him. Preparing at all. He wasn't taking it seriously. But I said to him, if you're going to play, practice. And, and when he did that, he beat everybody after that. Then he was the number one on the seniors no, tour. No, it was more just taking it seriously, taking pride in what you're doing. Yeah, if just you're playing gonna do at, your, it, at the top do of your it game. Right. Yeah. I mean, if he told me I'd be a commentator and I was going to play seniors tennis, that would be sort of like, shoot me now. But yeah, also, right. you were kind of just had that attitude. Like, he hated the press, he hated the, I mean, it was all like the establishment, and that wasn't going to be him. I mean, that was part of your thing, but... Well, Lo and behold, he's like the behold, greatest commentator that ever came down the pike. You know, and also right at the end of my career was the end of my first marriage, uh -huh. as it turned out. So that next year was all sort of trying really to figure out what the hell was going on and how this had happened. And that feeling of failure you have about a marriage and, and wanting the kids to be okay because they were very young yeah. when this happened. So then... I mean, you're taking it day by day at that right. stage. So uh, I actually, a lot of change, well, it's a lot of change. So that was exactly why the last thing that I wanted was to get remarried. You know, the toughest thing about marriage is you know getting the divorce, is getting out of it. Right. It took me a couple of years and it's just sort of horrific in a way. Um, and then it feels like, okay, I just want to go out with young girls that don't want anything, <laughs> basically. That sounds like fun. Well, that's what and I thought. And he did that for a couple of years. How did you meet the first time? We met the first time at a friend's Christmas party on Christmas Day. It was a setup, but they were smart enough not to tell me about the setup or right. I wouldn't have come. Right. Because I really wasn't ready. It would also be too embarrassing. And it would be embarrassing. But, but he walked in, I always like to tell the story, he walked in with like a kid in each arm and one wrapped around his leg. So it was pretty funny. I mean, you could barely walk for the weight of your How kids. How old were your kids? Six, five, and two. Come on, how are you? How can you resist that? Wait, so, oh, really, was that your move? You like to have babies in your arms. Whenever we walked into a room, he'd say, "Give me her," and he'd he'd want to. I mean, it was a, John's a little bit shy, so I think having a baby made you feel like it's a wonderful thing to have little kids in your arms. Yeah, I mean, there's probably not. It's almost nothing that can top that feeling. No, so I'm not. Really. I'm not going to say that it was. Yeah was not my move or it was my, I mean, it just seemed like Well, a, they were probably all nervous, you and the three kids. It seems like a natural thing to do, hopefully. I mean, when you're just there and you're not, I mean, you're by just with them. Right, yeah. You're with a maybe a fair amount of people you may not know. Right. Including the person who I was sort of semi, I guess, set up to meet. Uh-huh. And she sort of was avoiding me. Well, no, I sat and talked to him for a while, and then I liked him, and then I got nervous, and then I avoided him. <laughs> and, and did you like her right away, too? I thought that we should, you know, 
think seriously about going out, which which is why I said, hey, I'm going to be here for the week. We should get together. Uh, I'm free on you. We'll fight about this. Don't even let us. Don't make us tell the story. <laughs> Do not make us tell it because he he's rewritten it. So, and, it's, and it's all wrong. Maybe I don't remember it. OK, I'm not doing anything for New Year's Eve. Was yeah, his big okay. line. I'm not doing anything for well, New Year's nice. Eve. Isn't that a Is way that of saying, nice? hey, yeah. wouldn't it be yeah. not? I mean, yeah. read, no, how read about a tiny you... bit between the lines. <laughs> you know, we both grew up 13, 15 minutes away from each other in Queens. Oh, you, really? Yeah, you go around the world and you wind up with a guy from Queens, which is what I think is, you know, awesome. But I think the thing that happened for us, I mean, I would speak for John, somehow he saw something about us together. And I felt very safe and really, like I said, this weird, familiar thing. I was in L.A. where it's like, I always said, like, L.A. is like the Viet Cong. You know, you never know. You couldn't identify the enemy. Who liked you? Who doesn't like you? You know, like, because everybody's full of shit and flirting. And and then when I met John, that was someone I knew. He was a guy from New York. I I knew him. He was very forthright. All he talked about was his divorce and how crushed he was by it. And so that was all really endearing and great. And then when we went on that on that one date and then he came over the the second night and we were together from from then on after that second night on our second date and I just was sort of still didn't believe in love in monogamy in marriage but I had some kind of faith in him and so I thought well I'm going to go along with him and I'm going to like I call it stepping into the river of John I stepped into the river and I let him sweep me along with him until I caught caught up. I realized this opportunity to get this second chance that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get. So I was, I'm proud of myself that I was able to make that choice because at that time when you're still just sort of just out of divorce, it doesn't seem like the sensible thing to do necessarily to get back into a very serious relationship. But and I, think- I didn't want to do it either. But then there was John saying, you know, like... Uh, trying to get me to move back to New York right away. And he, he just knew. To me, I was like, I got a brilliant idea. We got to have a kid so that the other kids realize how m- committed we are and how much we love you each other. You always had that brilliant idea. It was always like, you know, that was his cure for everything. Have a kid. I mean, <laughs> if I knock you up, you'll, you know, get healthy or get happy or whatever. That was your go-to move, I think. When you loved somebody <laughs> or liked them, you wanted them to have your baby. Well, that would almost seems yeah. bigger than yeah. getting married. No, way. <laughs> no, it's true. So he was like, I want to have a kid, but I don't want to get married. So I was like, I didn't really want to get married. I was 37. I didn't think I was going to get pregnant right away, but I did. How long did it take you to come to New York? Well, we came, I went, we saw each other all the time. Like, we came back and forth. Year, yeah. And then it was the next school year. Nine months. Yeah. So I was already pregnant. But I mean, she's I moved know. to my place in Malibu. Uh-huh. It was, you know, she, I mean, I was spending time with her in Topanga and then maybe early on. And then, no, you were making me come to Malibu. So I was no, always I, leaving Ruby. <laughs> and so I was like, how about I move down to the house in Malibu? But, you know, he was like, he's come a long way. He was like a little bit, you know, wanted it the way he wanted it. But, I mean, it's a pretty good, it's not like the worst (laughs) scenario I'm, you know, putting her into. Well, coming coming down to Malibu. Could be worse. Yeah, right. So uh, Yeah, but I loved my house. I loved where I lived. I mean, it's not like I wanted to give all that up. I gave everything away. I mean, it wasn't like no sacrifice for me because you had a nice house in Malibu. Right. I didn't say that. Or for my kid. (laughs) 
But that was more trust, right? I you just know, love like, talking to couples. Yeah. I really do. Really? It just a little me, bit. Of, because it makes me love my husband more because I realize we're not as crazy as I think we exactly, are. Exactly. <laughs> John is just as scrappy as he was on the tennis court. But Patty holds her own with him. She sure does. Plus, she has a magic superpower. Music must be, I mean, the fact that Patty is a musician, a singer, and so forth, but must have been part of the attraction? I mean, it's a great combination, a beautiful woman and a great singer. But I, then I didn't play any music or sing at she all. She wasn't really playing weird. music. Yeah. I remember we early on, I was playing some music with fr uh, my friends. I mean, admittedly, compared to what she's used to badly, but right. I thought like, hey, come on up and jam. And she goes, I don't jam. And I'm like, you're a, a singer. Why don't, you know, why don't you jam? And it seemed like, at least in my mind, it seemed like she had lost the love of, you know, what she was doing for a variety of the reasons. The business is a tough business, and grunge came in, and it, there was just, you know, whatever. You know, the way that That's women are treated in, in, right. in, in, in music, and et cetera. And so it seemed like she needed a little bit of, you know, someone like myself who has a lot of energy. <laughs> right that could get her back to maybe loving what she was doing more. and what? being. Yeah, I needed somebody this like you to, to, to <laughs> impregnate me and just keep me home taking care of the kids because that's what, you know, there was no like, you know, pushing me towards music. You were touring until I, suggested, I said. I suggested that we, because we, 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 I was actually playing more than she was. That's fine. And that's, and that's was, when I was like getting pissed. And then I'm like, you know what? You need to come come home. Like you can't like play a tennis tournament and then do a gig. Like do your gigs around here. She said, if anyone's going to play music, it's me. But I had this, wouldn't it be amazing if we were, you know, I was in her band basically. So Patty said, yeah, we should play mixed doubles at Wimbledon. <laughs> so I go, you don't play tennis. And she goes, exactly. <laughs> so that shut that down. We'll have more after a quick break. You can find inspiring stories almost anywhere. For instance, check out the co-founders of Girls Who Do Interiors. This Miami-based design company was started by three friends when they were still in school. And right from the start, they turned to Chase for Business for everything from banking and payment acceptance to credit cards. And they handled them all in one place with the Chase mobile app. It's so important to have that kind of help when you're just starting out. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member FDIC. Hello, hello. Malcolm Gladwell here from Revisionist History, my podcast about the overlooked and the misunderstood. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book called Outliers. It was about exceptional people the ones who operate at the outer edges of human performance. Outliers fascinate me. And last year, I discovered an outlier in the form of a community organization, Washington State's City of Bellevue. The city wanted to improve public safety by making their roads safer. So they created something that no one had ever built before, a platform that gave road users warnings of any dangers ahead in real time. How did they build it? by using a combination of technologies, the cellular vehicle to everything network, T-Mobile's 5G network, 
and 5G connected cameras. People driving, bicycling, walking, running, can't forget people running, and people operating the transportation network now had a way to prevent crashes. It's been a huge success. The city of Bellevue earned first place in the community category at the T-Mobile for Business Unconventional Awards, an event that celebrates T-Mobile customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of meaningful change. If you're a T-Mobile for Business customer and your team has, like the city of Bellevue, innovated something really, really cool, I encourage you to enter. It's also a great way for outliers to be recognized in front of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. We're back to our conversation with John McEnroe and Patty Smythe. And one thing we hadn't quite touched on yet was John's famous temper. It probably took me a minute to really hold my own. I probably let him push me around a little bit. Do, you, do you say when you're mad at people? Well, don't even do you finish say the you sentence. cannot be serious? I'm not allowed to anymore. Patty won't let me <laughs> well, even I, use the phrase. I, they don't give a damn about how I play now. They just want me to yell, you other, can't be serious. No, but there's a lot of other but, good things is, you said. But, can't you just resort but, to Very those? ironically, the, t- the thing that I said once, my dad... God rest his soul, said, listen, you don't need to do this, you know, go off on the umpires. You know, you're better than them, just play. But he'd say it like, you don't need to do this. You're better than them. But then he'd go, but if you do do it, because he was a lawyer and he was my manager at the time, he goes, don't curse. And who else said that to you? Me, like Patty years Patty would say later. it later because I, yeah. I, I, I lost control. It's like being a, uh, addicted like to cigarettes. Like say what you want, but don't drop the so, F-bombs. So that was me not cursing instead of going, <laughs> fuck you, you stupid, you know, which is what I wanted to say. Right, right. Is but, that what you grew up with? I grew up in a loud, a loud dinner table. Let's just say that. My yeah. parents were together Four, for 59 years. Um, th- two younger brothers. It was living in Queens, living in New York. It just seemed like everywhere you turn, it was very loud. Right. So loud seemed normal. You know, when I went to London the first time in 1977, which is when I made the semis of Wimbledon, I was shocked at how polite they were and how quiet everything was. And you have to act this way. I'm like, what is with these people? <laughs> I thought they were weird. I've always so, had this theory about you because I'm married to a man who seems to have the same trait. Phil does not take criticism well. 
ever since we were married, no matter what I would say to him, he would say, is that a criticism? That really just drove me mad. He had a very critical mother. She didn't bother me that much, but it did bother me that she criticized him so much. The first time she walked into our house, I had this beautiful, ornate mirror that had all these little animal faces on it. She walked in and she said, oh, it's a Halloween house. You know, she just couldn't help wow. it. Everything was a criticism. Is she Irish Catholic? Yeah, Irish Catholic. He, he's all Irish. All I'd Irish. say, I'm tired. She'd say, we're all tired. Just no. You know, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, or compassion. Or, yeah, right, yeah. right. So I was wondering, well, did you have a critical mother or father? Uh... I would say that my parents were expected big things. I mean, they expected me to be very good at school. I guess they said that I was a perfectionist without them having to push me to yeah. be one. But I do r remember being very competitive and... Um, Anxious, kind of driven, do you remember that? Driven mm -hmm. and, and, dri and pushed. You know, not nearly as bad as other tennis parents, but I was definitely pushed, it seemed like, in retrospect. They were perfectionists though, his parents. They weren't critical because his father worked all day, went to law school at night, and came home. Was he second or third in his class? He was second. Why my mom would say, Why weren't you your first? Yeah, well, that was her people. response. At Fordham well, Law School. Well, I mean, that's pretty way, critical. That's, I mean that makes you a perfectionist. Yeah. A lot of this stuff makes you who you are so that when you become a husband and become a partner to somebody. I mean, they like, bickered all the time. They were like, but they loved each other. Right. But I mean, obviously, this the the, the key to success uh, in any marriage is you have to compromise and you have to trust each other and also hopefully have a lot of sex. That's it. <laughs> that would be the three. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's the well, when did you first get that smart? Probably not early enough uh, in the first marriage. Uh, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> With Does this, it have anything to do with the person? And, and the person, obviously. I uh, mean, God. No, but, <laughs> it's just your three, your formula, and no matter this who it was, like it's like, my God. That's not what I said, but that's okay. Um, but, it, you know, I, I, I sort of, y y if... How, so how, you have to ask, so then, so, so how do you fight? We, Lots we, of screaming and yelling? Sometimes. Well, that's how I, you know, as I look at you two... <laughs> I see you guys as uh, been raising your voice, yeah. but somehow none of your loud arguments are lethal. I don't think you take any crap. I'm, I'm talking about. I found it somewhat amusing That's to true. me that I'd be the one overall, which I, I, we said earlier, that I would be more like, Jesus, calm down, will you? <laughs> Uh, but we're not lethal to each other. I think there's a line. I, I, I do believe there are things you can't say. Like there have been some times maybe where we've said things, you know, where we didn't mean it and maybe we crossed a line. Well, then go ahead and, you know, get a girlfriend or whatever, you know, or like, you know. You said that? Yeah, I probably said that to him. So yeah. That's, yeah. That's sort of the Wimbledon of all. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, no, there's way worse than that. I mean, I think. Have um, you ever said the D word, divorce? I don't think we've ever said that word. I mean, there's been times where, uh, no, we haven't said that. The thing that he has said to me our whole life together is don't give up on me. I'm a work in progress. Don't give up on me. And then I started saying to him, don't give up on me. You know, right. I'm a work in progress, too, because, right. you know, I grew up with only women. I never thought I would be married. I had no idea how to be a couple. And it's been a learning curve for me. Right. I was so independent. 
And he was, you know, wanted us to be like this. And I was like, I, you know, it took me a long time to do that. Someone said sec- a second marriage is a, a triumph of hope over experience. Right. And the biggest thing that Patty did for me, basically, was allow me to be me. He needs a best friend and a consigliere and a wife and a lover and all those things. That, that's what makes him thrive and be a better person. John has the best moral compass. And what's great about people assuming that he's this like hothead is that they continually underestimate how smart he is. Well, what a nice thing to say about yeah. your husband. Yeah. Is there anything about yourself, either one of you, that you consciously change to accommodate the other one? For years, it was like I, I, the, the idea of me taking a girl's trip or traveling or going away on my own was like out of the question. I mean, John just could, he, he didn't want me to do it. He would get really angry at me if I did it because he traveled and he thought I should be with him and I should go away when he went away, but then my kids would be alone. And so finally, over the years now, it's, it's dawned on him that my happiness, you know, these things depend on matter. my happiness. Yeah, it does matter. It's not like, <laughs> like, you know, he really did think that I should just be happy with him. All my happiness should be with him. And a lot of my happiness is with him, but I get happiness from other things. Right. Like my girlfriends and going on, traveling to places that he wouldn't want to go to, and also music. What did you change to accommodate John? Uh, virtually giving up her career. That's what she accommodated. I mean, that's the biggest thing by far. Now, she was a bit disillusioned, but I don't think she envisioned that it would lead to 20 years, you know, 20 years later where you're still like, okay, I've gone through batches of songs, did this. To get over that hump requires an incredible commitment that, you know, because you have to not only do the record, but you got to set up you know, how it's going to be. Do- I mean, there's so many things well, you involved. You also lose your place in line. You lose your place exactly. in line. That's and, what I thought so, he was saying. Yeah. Well, that's in that's essence what you are. And then it's you. It, it, it becomes more and more of an uphill battle. And, um, and the weird thing is, is being a woman and being married to John, people um, assume that I don't want to work. They would never say that to a guy. No. Never. No. Say I was like some heiress. They would never, ever say, why are you still playing tennis? Or why uh, are you a commentator? I know you have to go. I want to ask one. Like, did we clear up, like, when you have a fight, who makes it okay? Do you both do that? Well, we both do that. but I, You're I just, better at it. I think yeah. I'm a little uh, better at sort of trying to diffuse it at this point. I think ultimately I've had to take the uh, lead in that um, because, that's amazing. Well, some of it may be uh, that. Yeah, so I guess that's a good quality change that I've made because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty stubborn um, and sort of get. And me too. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. So and, and believe that even you know that it doesn't matter if you're right. I think to myself, I'm 80 percent right. It's still like it, it. So what? I mean, ultimately, it's a hollow victory. So that part was took me a long time to feel like, Jesus Christ, if you look at it, and what I did for a living, you always try to put yourself in a position to get the odds in your favor as much. That's where you want to be. So it seemed like, you know, I'd sort of feel like I'd cornered into, it's like, you know, there it is. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost all your fault, but it didn't matter, right. ultimately, because it was still, we were fighting, and I felt bad, and she felt bad, and it was like so... 
I think over time I was able to sort of put that aside a little bit and realize that's not the point. Maybe yeah. that is one of the, the most important yeah, uh, ingredients in, 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 a, in a good marriage that's is like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Like, uh, you can just be like, okay, whatever, you know, like I'm wrong. And even if you feel like you're right, because a lot of times you feel like you're right, but you're not. Is there something you'd like to pass on that you've learned? Don't try to change someone. Yeah. I mean, that would be the thing. I mean, you, 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 you got to yeah, be... Don't marry potential. Like, marry the person. Like, <laughs> not who he's going to be. The women are, like, notorious for that. Like, right. oh, you know, he's got the potential. But, like, potential is not good enough. Okay. But you can soften some of you the soften sharp edges. You soften the edges, but you can't change the I mean, I think you soften my soft just... edges and, and vice versa. Yeah. Soften is one thing. Changing is another. I'm pretty sure that neither John McEnroe or Patty Smythe needs any serious changes at this point. Since we talked with them, Patty released her latest album. It's called It's About Time. It's about their marriage. And just like the two of them, it's in perfect rhythm. Until next time, I'm Marlo Thomas. And I'm Phil Donahue. I think you can change them to the type of person that they, he or she needs to, you know, you think that they... I mean, if it happens... Double Date is a production of Pushkin Industries. The show was created by us and produced by Sarah Lilly. Michael Bahari is associate producer. Musical adaptations of It Had to Be You by Stellwagen Symphonette. Marlo and I are executive producers, along with Mia Lobel and Lital Molad from Pushkin. Special thanks to Jacob Weisberg, Malcolm Gladwell, Heather Fain, John Schnars, Carly Migliori, Eric Sandler, Emily Rostek, Jason Gambrell, Paul Williams, and Bruce Kluger. If you like our show, please remember to share, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.